and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press and multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And welcome to our show. I, it occurred to me, Aaron, that I feel like we should be saying what the show is. It's Bury the Lead. It's Bury the Lead. <laughs> but it's you also should know like, that if you're clicking on yes, it. Yes, but if you're new, welcome. It's Bury the Lead. <laughs> it's Bury the Lead. It's like your 25-minute catch-up on things related to Winnipeg and beyond. Yes. The pop culture focus. Yes. That's what we like to talk about. Yes. What are we talking about today? Um, we are talking about this whole San Jose sharks tweeting some chirps or video chirping. <laughs> I don't know. I'm using sports lingo, <laughs> AKA Jen and Aaron attempt to sports <laughs> for the third time in <laughs> podcast history. But anyway, they, they sent, they, they videotaped some, what was meant to be, I'm pretty sure a joke and went way out of control. Exactly. We're also going to be debriefing about the golden globes yeah um, i'm so excited to talk about this <laughs> i'm so excited and uh yeah and the sea change that's happening and how it feels like 2018 might be the year that women burn it all down so aaron how's your week um, it was pretty good. I'm having, I don't know why, but I'm having a hard time remembering what day is what. Is that like a sign that uh, something's wrong with my brain maybe? Um, we also, <laughs> so as we announced last week, we've also kind of moved our podcast schedule around. Yeah, that's so true. we now put out the pod on Mondays, which means we recorded on Friday. Right. Which so is yeah, throwing me off a little bit. It is also throwing me off too. But in the opening segment, I was going to attempt to tell you when the Golden Globes were and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> It was, it was a while back. <laughs> it was Sunday. Last Sunday. Last Sunday. Not yesterday. <laughs> My brain, which is actually the future. <laughs> well, it was like the other day I was trying to write a story that was would be published after the event had happened, but right. I was writing it before the event had happened. See, this is a thing that we often have to deal with right. in our job. And I just like was really confused. Blowing your mind. <laughs> Blowing your damn mind. It doesn't sound like it would be that hard, but when you're already like not quite right, <laughs> it's a little tricky. Anyway, this week, um, my, my new car had some like indications popping up on the dashboard oh. for low tire pressure. Alarming. And then I realized that I don't know how to check the pressure of my tires in my car. And which makes me feel like a very like stereotypical helpless woman which bugs me <laughs> a lot that I don't know how to change a tire. I don't know how to check. I barely even know how to put gas in my car. Not ashamed to say that it fills me with great anxiety to try and do this. I don't have a driver's license. Right. Cool. So you get it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so on Monday or Tuesday, I walked over to uh, our coworker Willie's desk. He edits the auto section and travel section and homes maybe too. I'm not sure, but he's great. Uh, and he is very much a car guy. So I, very casually leaned over on his desk and, <laughs> and said, Hey Willie, I have some car problems. I like how you're leaning on a pretend yeah, desk right now. With my fist under my chin. Um, and he very kindly walked out to my car with me cause it was a nice day that day. It wasn't minus 40 and proceeded to get into my car and explain to me how to check with the actual like buttons on my dash. And then he went around and kicked all my tires <laughs> really hard to make sure that there wasn't actually a problem and that it was just the sensor, but it was very cute and I appreciate his help. And now I kind of know how to do it, which is sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bonding with coworkers, I yeah. also had some bonding with coworkers that yeah. aren't you. But so in Saturday's paper, uh, we did a little story on a photo because of course, Tanya Harding is back in yeah. the news because yeah, yeah. of I, Tanya. And uh, we learned that our own photographer, Boris Minkovich, 
took one of the best photos uh, from Lilyhammer of her actually putting her foot up on like right. in front of the judges to show them the laces. And so we thought, oh, okay, it'd be cool to like share the story with our readers. And Boris told me everything that happened, and it's just, it's such a crazy story that I'm going to recap a little. You can read it at freepress.com anytime you want. Um, but he was like not working for the free press yet. He was just out of college. He's actually the same age as Tanya. So he would have been like in his 20s. 23, 24 yeah. at the time. And uh, he basically got accreditation for the Olympics through the yes. Canadian university press. Okay. And then had to basically find a bunch of like clients to work for because he wasn't like freelance. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets to the Olympics and he kind of noticed that um, the, the reporters or photographers from like Europe and Asia, they're not so all over Tanya as of course the North American would be right. Right. Because it was such a huge story. Like the whole Nancy Kerrigan scandal was like just unfolding. Like Mm -hmm. Kerrigan was also skating in these Olympics. She ended up placing silver. Like it was like, it was a big deal. And that was the skate where Tanya was skating and then she stops. Mm -hmm. And course boris was there and he was like yeah he's like it was silence it was just silent he's like no one was taking pictures it was like people were like confused as to what was happening like it was right silent but you think your instinct would be to take as many pictures as yeah, possible but like it was like it was just like shock i guess like, yeah. hush yeah and then it was when she skated over to the judges that all of a sudden he's like it was just shutters like it just ground everything out mm-hmm. and to his right was a very short reporter from reuters tokyo and Boris, if you've never seen him around on assignment, is a giant. He's six foot seven. He's a big, tall man. So literally, he swung around, and his camera <laughs> was able to clear the head of the <laughs> photographer beside him, and got like the photo, like of his career. Probably. Yeah, you can see it in the paper. Like it, it's the photo. But yeah, and it's actually been. It was on a list of one of the best sports photos. Yeah. I think of all time. Yeah, which is cool. Like it's been yeah. around. But yeah. what was crazy is that these are still the film days. So he's like, I just had to hope that I didn't run out of film. Like, just, right. you know, you're taking... So he didn't even know if he got the shot. Yeah. So oh. he figured he did, though. He's like, I like had a very clear angle. He's telling me that all, like, the, like, re- like photographers behind him, like, the, like, Italian and European photographers are just like, screaming at him. Cause, to get again, out of the way. He's yeah. six, seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's true. Can't really has, hide. Yeah. He has <laughs> the role of film with the shot of the Olympics, likely. Like, this is Tanya Harding essentially asking for a do-over at yeah, the Olympics. Mulligan. Um, and now he had to find out where where to put it. He's not working for the free press at the time. He's not working for the wire. Oh, so he doesn't have anywhere to, like, yeah. I have the shot. So he ended up sending it to, like, a place in Paris, I guess, that distributes photos. And he didn't even know where it ran at the time. But he ended up winning an award for it from the That's national awesome. What like, a great story paper and placed third and he's like yeah he's like and i was literally a kid from the prairies that figured out how to get to the olympics so like that's awesome yeah crazy story okay jen sports thing sports thing we're gonna talk about with the teams and the squads and uh and things and the putting the puck in the net with the stick yep (laughs) Um, I will say that I actually do know a little bit about sports because I used to have to work on the sports desk. In the oh, evenings. yes, you totally did. I did the stats pages that were probably incorrect every Friday and Saturday for the not, like eight months that I did it. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also feel like I know a fair amount about hockey just being like a Canadian woman who's watched TV before. So right. It's, it's, it's all cool. good. Um, but really what this is about is not so much about hockey, but about civic, civic pride. 
So <laughs> what happened? And dumb things that rich 20-year-olds say. <laughs> yeah. So there was, uh, to recap the story. Yes. As um, if you haven't heard. As if you haven't heard. A couple guys who play for, or I think three guys who play for yeah, the, the Sharks. Sharks um, were asked, what's the worst city to play in? In the NHL. Was the question in the yeah. NHL? Yeah. And first of all, like, why would you ask them that question? Like, you know, you're going to stir some shit with that question. Not, I understand asking the question. Why would you answer that question? How would you not be like, this is clearly a trap that I'm going to walk. <laughs> it's right a trap. Into. Like it's, it, this is a trap. Do you like my, um, my, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So like, okay. Problem number one, problem number one, you answered that question. But problem number two is that they said Winnipeg and their reasons for not liking it were that it's cold and dark. It's cold and dark. And here. the Wi-Fi is shit. At the Wi-Fi. Apparently at the very seedy hotel. That's probably actually the Fairmont, which is very nice. <laughs> and I think the other statement was, I don't like it there. Yeah. Okay. So. Fair point. That's so fine. So we have a fact. Yeah. It's cold and dark in the yeah. winter, which is true. Yeah. Well, yes. And not, then, not just here, though. And then we have, like, two opinions, basically. Right. All of this is fine. Who cares? Like, I love you, Winnipeg, but oh my, you need to care a little less just, about what just, outside people think about you. Like, just a little relax. Just a little, or... a little bit. Like, it's so funny. Remember when we were in Vogue.com? Because we had like... Not that, us specifically, but not the city. Not us specifically. Yeah, not, not, not <laughs> us. I, I'd be talking about that every episode if it was us. Um, <laughs> remember the time we were featured in Vogue? Yeah. Um, <laughs> said Jen and Aaron never. <laughs> For our uh, top nonsense sweatpants <laughs> exactly. styling. Exactly. Um, but when the city was. Yes. And of course, everyone had no chill as it would happen. <laughs> like, when it seems that, and I pointed out in a column that I wrote about it, that when we get outside praise, we're like, oh, oh my God, yeah. look at this. But then when we get outside criticism, we're like, like F you guys. You're dead to us. <laughs> get out of here. We're very fickle. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, and I said this to someone on Twitter because I was tweeting about this a little bit. We need to be more like the scene in Mad Men where Michael Ginsburg tells Don Draper that he feels sorry for him. And Don Draper says, I don't think about you at all. And it's like, oh, that's so like cutting. And like, mm-hmm. that's how we need to be. That is our yeah. goals, Winnipeg. That is what we need to be more like. We more don't chill. We don't care. Yeah. It's cold and dark here. That just means we're tough. That and just means that we're eventually any, it won't every be. Every city is eventually cold and dark. be a sunny summer. But like, to like again reiterate all the points that make Winnipeg great to like three hockey players who, who could definitely not care don't less. care. Like, no. Who is this for? It is for us, and we don't need it because we live here. We know Winnipeg is great. So, I think you should read Paul Maurice's response because this is my favorite thing that came out of this whole thing. Yes, he, uh, Coach Paul Maurice, handled this beautifully. Yes, he said. And this is from Jason Bell's story from our paper. Yeah. He's like, it's cold and dark. That happens in Canada occasionally, pretty regularly, every winter. It's dark at night. And that happens pretty much around the world. <laughs> I'm not doing his delivery justice. He's super like dead deadpan. Kind of funny. And I love it. Um, he went on to say, I don't think any coach, player, trainer, referee should ever complain about a day in the NHL. Touche. We got a sold out building and I'm pretty sure that goes into hockey related revenues and everybody cashes their check. He said the thread count at your hotel isn't right or your Frappuccino isn't throft right. I don't even know what a Frappuccino is. Clearly you don't know what a Frappuccino is. It has whipped cream on it. Um, My point being, we've got nothing to complain about. Pretty good life every day. Every city is a pretty darn good one. Well said, Maurice. That is how you handle it because you flip it back onto 
things are fine. Don't complain about being an NHL hockey player, first of all. And yes, you get to travel the world living your dream. So, um, but yeah, for the rest of us, it was a joke, poorly executed, poorly conceived. But I have noticed in comments on stories that are kind of like this, like when Winnipeg's dissed in the, in the national media or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's what I was looking for. Thanks. Um, I, I think we're also like, okay, okay. Like we actually we're we're good. It's fine. We're all right. It's fine. And I think it's, it was also made worse by the fact that everyone really wanted to get their shark pun in there. Oh, I love a good pun though. I'm okay with that. Me too. But then when you're using stuff like, you know, like Winnipeg's attacked. Really? <laughs> like, Is that a pun? It's on your Wi-Fi. Like shark attack. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's like, but but when we look at like what happened, like it it's cold and dark here. <laughs> like it's just funny. It's funny. But yeah, I felt like uh, I felt like I think we can just shake it off. I feel like we can shake it off and move on I and talk about the Golden on. Globes. I'm talk so about the Golden Globes. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about the Golden Globes. You begin. Um, drink more coffee because <laughs> <laughs> apparently we need that. Um, so all of the women or most of the women wore black for the Time's Up movement Mm -hmm. to support survivors and those who have been afflicted by sexual harassment, sexual assault, men and women, both. Yes. And the entertainment um, industry and beyond. Yes. And uh, the Time's Up movement also established the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. So there's like basically providing monetary resources and access for people who who need it. Yeah. Because um, particularly in the States, like, obviously if you want to pursue legal justice it can be super expensive and not everyone right. has the means so this is the first time i felt like legitimately emotional I watching an award ceremony i cried so many times right and usually i find them quite boring i watch the monologue yeah. or whoever and then i'll wait i'll skip through it and watch the last few awards but like i was so glued to the screen just I know. waiting to see who was gonna say what and who was gonna just like grab the bull by the horns, use their opportunity and just burn that place down. And every single person did not disappoint. This, uh, obviously first major award show in the post Weinstein yes. era. Yeah. So obviously people were super interested to see what would happen. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much everyone were black and everyone like you, the red carpet interviews. Oh my gosh. And remember, I'm going to go through my favorite moment in a minute. Please do. Um, remember a few years ago though, when the whole like ask her more campaign, not just who she's, who she's wearing or whatever. Yeah. Oh man. Can't say that about this one. Like, no, even if the questions were bad, like the answers, like everyone found a way to pivot back to you. Like, and I just, I've never seen that before on a red carpet where you're talking actually about like abuse and power and sexual like such a concerted effort to be like, no, yeah. I'm not going to talk about my clothes, but I am going to tell you about this thing. That's really awful. Yeah. And like all the activists that were there, including yeah. Trina Burke who founded right. Me too. Right. So I can tell you my absolute favorite yes, moment because me. I love Will and Grace. I love Deborah Messing. I have always loved her sidebar. When are they going to cast Deborah Messing in a Lucille Ball biopic? Because she right? is Lucille Ball. She's amazing. I know. She's amazing. Continue. I love her. So she was doing her red carpet interview with the E! Network and mm-hmm. it was Juliana Rancic and uh, they're talking about the Time's Up movement and then Deborah sort of pivots into talking about the story of the E! The female E! Anchor. Her name is just escaping. Kat Sadler. Kat Sadler. Who I believe got fired or left because her pay was like half as much as her male mm-hmm. co-host so deborah messing to e 
says something along the lines of, I'm really disappointed to know that E is only paying their female employees half as much as their male employees. And this is something that could change tomorrow. And I hope that (laughs) she's like two E incredible. Yeah. On live camera two E like burn them so hard. Incredible. Loved it. Um, Loved it. Google this like YouTube it because it is amazing. Not even a pause, not even a hesitation, just like right in for the kill. And Eva Longoria did it as well to Ryan Seacrest. And it was amazing, too. Amazing. I saw um, an interview with, I think it was Carson Daly with Michelle Williams. And he was, like, trying to ask her about, like, her movie. Like, no. No one's here to talk about movies. Like, I get that it's the Golden Globes, but really read the room. Come on, Daly. Um, And she just expertly pivoted back to, like, nope, here's what we're talking about. Like, not in a, like rude way just in a very like no this is what we're talking about like i loved how on message everyone collectively was that was really impressive actually the way like i wonder if they have like a giant group chat with like every woman in the oh my uh, god i hope they're hollywood form yes a a golden globes google doc yeah (laughs) like okay everyone we're gonna wear black here's our taglines that we need to repeat also um because uh, like a lot of women brought activists as their dates yeah and i know some people had some criticism about um like using people as accessories essentially but that wasn't my read on it personally i Mm -hmm. actually like that they ceded some space to activists and often in the red carpet interviews we're like here like let her talk yeah um but everyone was holding hands yeah so they were either linked arms or holding hands and i thought that was also just a really I know, nice even thing thinking about it makes me so emotional i know i thought that was just such a it's nice like women supporting women yeah it was just such a nice visual cue of solidarity in and especially an, in an event that's meant to be a competition exactly right like, an industry that literally pits women against each other you yeah. know um, one of my other favorite moments was Natalie Portman giving the best director. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, and here are your all male nominees. <laughs> like, just things like that where I don't know that would have happened last year. No, it's you just like I mean? women like, are pissed. Like, yeah. things are going to happen. And I'm very excited and optimistic for 2018. Because, um, yeah, I can't believe Greta Gerwig did not get a director nomination for Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. was amazing. And Lady Bird got other nominations. So, yeah. like, why not give Greta? And I was really happy that when it did win, they let Greta talk because... She yeah, that would have been her only chance. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Oprah. Definitely got a little misty for that one. I full on just was like, I'm crying. I'm like, not like even a huge Oprah fan, but damn, no, me like, either. That like, was a speech and a half. I think Oprah is just one of those people that she is such an icon. Yeah, and like I don't think there's too many people in the world that are like I dislike Oprah. Like, yeah, she's not perfect. No one is. Like, right. Um, and. And she loves bread. She did unleash Dr. Phil on the world. She did, like, <laughs> and Dr. Oz for that matter. But she does so much good. Yes. And I think, so she delivered, that speech was like. That is going to go down in the, the books. The hair on my arms is already yeah. raising just thinking yeah. about it. Um, and obviously it stoked a lot of Oprah 2020 commentary the next day. Like everyone was like, she's running for president. Mm. Um, and I've been thinking about this. Like, I don't know that it's necessarily oprah that people want for president i think they want someone like oprah i agree you know where the qualities in her speech like she really and a lot of people have commented on this online already but like as many people have pointed out she centered people who were victims of abuse she Mm -hmm. centered the vulnerable people she talked about ways forward while acknowledging that you know here's like she didn't sugarcoat the past i guess is what Mm -hmm. i'm trying to say and she just was sincere she was powerful she was articulate she was like it was a really galvanizing inspiring speech Mm -hmm. without being saccharine and pollyanna right Right. 
And I think that's what people want. They want someone who can lead. They want someone who can, you know, really understand that to be the president is to serve. Right. And it was just like a speech that we haven't seen in a while, I feel Mm -hmm. like. But whether or not should Oprah run for president... I don't know. I think she could probably win. I don't know that she I don't know if that would be the best thing in the world to also, happen, but you know. I, I think as we've learned running unproven celebrities <laughs> it mm, doesn't have the best track record. Right. But I think she'll inspire people to run for office. Like maybe yeah. she'll inspire someone to run for like I think their she'll, city council. I think she'll be like a great uh partner. Yep. And or a she, supporter of someone who be, whoever she supports, totally. I think, would have a good chance of winning. And I think there are female Democratic candidates, absolutely, that are ready, that are capable, that are qualified. Yes, that I think she could bolster, right? As opposed to running, running herself. herself. Yeah, but yeah, that speech because I was incredible. laughing. I was like, what if what if Oprah was president and Gail was vice president and Stedman was chief of staff? <laughs> See, I chief like, of Stedman. But I also <laughs> like I also at the same time. Like setting aside everything I just said, I also feel like that would be okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know that, you know, America would be worse off necessarily. But yeah, it really, and just other things that are starting to happen where, Mm -hmm. like, where we started to see it at the end of last year where people are being called out and people just aren't tolerating stuff anymore. Time's up, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Time is up, to quote Oprah. Before we completely continue, yeah, Jen has one more point she wants to mention. I have one more point that I wanted to mention. I wanted to mention Frances McDormand. Who we all love. Who we all... Oh, my God. I love her so much. She is... <laughs> she, uh, she's just so great. Um, but she won a Golden Globe for mm-hmm. a movie I haven't seen yet. The Oh, the uh, Missouri yeah. Billboard, Three Billboards, something, something. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see that. Yeah. That looks really good. Yeah. But what was really striking about her acceptance well a few things one she acknowledged that she keeps her politics private because she does but she still she still was like women are not here for the food we're here for the work like yeah and she also wasn't wearing any makeup and had super short cropped hair and like at an award show like that might not sound like a big deal but that is actually a rebellious that's actually like a radical act yeah it's like a fist in the air kind of act yeah to be at a major award show with no makeup on her like i don't even watch award shows without makeup on (laughs) (laughs) like i've only actually recently been like okay i can probably go to the grocery store without well we had that big makeup discussion exactly several months ago but yeah no but yeah so it was just it was nice to see um what are we doing this week reading watching listening yeah okay do you yeah i can go first if you want i started rewatching schitt's creek on netflix because the first three seasons are on netflix i still actually have not seen it is other than like an episode here or there funny i was very skeptical before i watched it the first time but i love dan levy and i love eugene levy and i love um catherine o'hara she's one of my favorite actresses she is so flippin funny i can't even tell you um and it is so funny like i makes me literally laugh out loud i should start watching it I've seen you like, should. I've seen I feel like, like you would really there. enjoy it. I probably it would. took like the first few episodes. It obviously, as any series, it took a little bit to get going, but in the end of the first season into the second season, they really caught their stride, and it is so well written and just so sharp and just it's so great. Such a great Canadian series for sure. Awesome. And then the new season is starting this month. If it, if it hasn't already, I'm pretty sure it's starting uh, right away. So you should all check it out on CBC. It's great. 
Um, I'm going to do two quickly if there's time because I'm reading and watching. Um, I've started watching. At the same time? No. (laughs) Different times. Um, (laughs) Such a dad joke. (laughs) The daddest. Um, Now I've completely lost my train of thought. Reading and watching. Right. Watching. Watching. So I started watching The Crown. Okay. The first season or second season? I just finished the the first season. Okay. From the beginning. Um, Yeah. Because I hadn't seen it before. Like it was one of those shows that was kind of like, like honestly, like I think we've talked about this before. Like it looked boring to me and I'm not like a Royals watcher. I watched it and it was still a little bit boring to me. But I actually, I really like it. Oh, good. And the episode that I really like from the first season was the one focusing on that portrait of Winston Churchill. Oh, yeah. That was that a was really like, good one. That was like a short film. Like, that was, that was really well so done. good. And I like that it's kind of like, yeah, that it's an ensemble cast. It's I love that the royal family watches it. Me too. That's my favorite thing that I've heard. Where are the, oh, there needs to be more corgis though, I would argue. Like, I feel like <laughs> the, the, the corgi quotient is too low for I you. I feel like the screen time for corgis. And actually there is um, an essay that you should all find and check out and read. It's like a 5,000 word essay on how there's not enough corgis in the crown <laughs> that I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, the mm. title of the essay is called Occasional Corgis. <laughs> I forget who the writer is right now, but that just Google like that and read it. It's amazing. Um, occasional corgis occasional corgis thank you cleveland because <laughs> you know the queen loves her corgs like she does you know um so yeah the crown um and then i'm reading i decided to start the year off with something fluffier um so i'm reading crazy rich asians because that is being made into a movie oh that is coming out this summer um it's like a satirical like novel about just like really really wealthy opulent people but the movie is going to be starring Constance Wu, who is my hero. She who is, what is she in? She's in Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, okay. She's incredible. So I'm very okay. excited about that. So I wanted to read the book beforehand. Cool. That is what I'm reading. Um, what are you working on? Well, um, speaking of all of these feminist movements happening, mm-hmm. I actually spoke to Serena Ryder this week for a story that will be coming out later in February because she's coming to play the Burt. Cool. But I asked her because she is a a uh, staunch feminist <laughs> and she, she uh, writes a lot about self-empowerment in her music and and she had a lot of really wonderful things to say about about the times up and me too and all that kind of stuff so that's cool and then um, I'm going to be starting to work on a preview for Big Fun Fest which happens at the end of January so I spoke to sort of an experimental pop artist called Funyap cool um, she is I believe of Chinese descent and uh, as a child, was kind of forced into doing classical violin to and joining a conservatory. And it was quite like a traumatic experience for her. And so she kind of explores a lot of that, those concepts in her music. And it's really interesting. So super. And she'll be opening Big Fun on the 24th of January. Yeah, because we uh, we're kind of heading into like the mini festival season again in January. Yeah. Winnipeg, which yeah. is interesting yeah. because uh, new music festival as well. Yeah, new music festival, Big Fun. And then, of course, Festival, festival de Voyager starts in February. Yep. So. Um, we, we festival all the time in this city. All day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you can find everything that we're working on at, uh, winnipegfreepress.com and in the paper. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen's on, on where Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) I don't know. Where do you live? Where? That's where I live. (laughs) Uh, and I'm at Naya Rebel on Twitter and Instagram, which is just my name backwards. And we will see you next week.